G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, this week, the United States midterm elections took voters to the polls. There were widely anticipated expectations for a red wave or a significant win for the Republican side of politics in the US. We might not know a final result for their Senate for weeks. But our regular update with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, who's been following the US midterm elections closely. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you again. Hey, Bill, the red wave or the resurgence of the conservative side, the Republicans, it didn't eventuate this week. No, it didn't, uh, which most people thought it would. Um, the red tsunami turned out to be at best a red trickle. Uh, there were some good uh, places, uh, certainly if you live in Florida, uh, there was a, a red wave, big time, 20 points, basically, to Governor Ron DeSantis get back in as a Republican. Uh, big uh, inroads in some of the formerly strongholds of the Democrats, uh, others, Senator Marco Rubio getting in comfortably. So at least if you're in Florida, uh, you're, you're quite happy indeed. But yeah, the rest of the country, not so much. Uh, in fact, it's looking at this point, as you say, we won't know for sure, but uh, uh, at this point, uh, the Senate may be almost the same. Uh, they had about a one-seat majority, the Republicans. Now they might just have a 50-50 tie. We'll have to wait and see. House of Reps, uh, the Democrats did hold that. That looks like it'll just sneak over now to the Republicans and the governors, uh, the various states, still a majority of Republicans. So in a sense, not a lot has changed, except, again, for places like Florida. So, yeah, a lot of reasons why we can talk about why this happened, but certainly uh, it surprised many uh, political pundits. Bill, uh, there's often the ideological differences between conservative and progressive. Uh, what may have been part of all of this, I'll get your thoughts here, but inflation is out of control in the US. Uh, there's energy challenges, fuel costs rising, escalating crime rates, people concerned about practical things. Do you think that affects the way people might have voted this past week? Well, it certainly should have, and that's what everybody was predicting. Uh, you got like, what, 70-plus percent of those polled saying that very thing. Inflation is a worry. Rising prices is a real killer. You know, that and things like crime. Uh, we still have the open borders in the South. So many uh, kind of practical bread and butter issues that most people said they were worried about. And yet that didn't quite translate uh, when it came to voting. Uh, and there'd be various reasons why that was. Uh, I've written several articles on this already in the last few days. Uh, one interesting stat uh, 
It's been said that all the age groups were won by the Republicans except for one, the 18 to 29-year-olds. They seem to have come out strongly in vote. It's not mandatory there. And, well, as I tried to explain in one of my pieces, if you have basically a fairly strong secular left culture and education system in which most people go through in high school and then on to university, uh, well, that could explain a good hunk of this. There is often more propaganda than education taking place in the U.S. school system. And if you can get access to these kids and uh, undo even their you know, earlier Christian faith from back at home, uh, that may account in good measure why so many of these younger people voted Democrat. And uh, Bill, uh, I was asking whether you thought that somehow or other the left, and sometimes we talk about the left and we say that anti-Christian element of the political spectrum, and uh, some will say the left is just you know the progressives, uh, there's certainly an anti-Christian nature to that, but have they been better at capturing the culture than the conservatives? Any thoughts here? Yeah, well, it's often said that uh, politics flows downstream from culture. And uh, to the extent that the left seems better at capturing the culture, and that's a whole range of things, right? Certainly education, but social media, popular culture, the arts, uh, well, even hate to say it, some parts of the church. Uh, when you start capturing many of these institutions of power and influence, certainly much of politics as well, uh, when we get to an election, you can sometimes see how that plays itself out, uh, especially this younger age bracket, 18 to 29-year-olds, which was the main one that did end up running with the Democrats. Uh, you can see a connection if you've been pretty much kind of indoctrinated in so many ways in your high school and then university, certainly in your, well, with your tech giants, your media giants, popular culture, all kind of pushing one message, a very secular left message. You can see why that would translate into the way a lot of the young people voted. So that's a worry. In other words, the problem is not just who you run as a candidate, what political stances you take, how we uh, go in an election, but it's also how can we grab hold of the culture? How can we grab hold of some of these bigger ticket items that seem to have such an impact? And uh, sadly, as you said, the left seems better at this. Christians have often pulled out altogether, right? We say the culture is of the devil, so we want nothing to do with it. Well, it shows, right? Uh, it shows in that the left has uh, filled the vacuum, uh, have won over the hearts and minds of so many, certainly the young, and now we see it in things like this election. Of course, uh, you do indicate in one of your articles this week, uh, talking about Christians and politics, that politics is not everything. Politics can't save. Politicians are not the messiahs. Uh, but they do have a place. And uh, while we are in this journey of our life as Christian believers, followers of Christ, appreciating the Great Commission, all of these things, uh, we've got to be able to find a place for how we use our own values to influence the political spectrum. Yeah, that's right. As I often say, there's extremes we have to avoid. 
Uh, one is to say that politics is everything, that if we can just get the right candidates, get the right parties in, you know, we'll bring heaven to earth and all that. Well, that's not going to happen. It'll certainly need the spiritual element. But the other extreme, sadly, that many Christians do have, right, is to pull out of politics altogether. They think it's uh, something we shouldn't dirty our hands with. We should just pray or go to church or witness all hugely important, of course, but when you pull out of uh, politics and culture and society, you're effectively saying to Jesus, you were wrong when you called us to be salt and light. So again, getting that biblical balance, right? Uh, We need to be in the world we live in. We need to roll up our sleeves, get our hands dirty, and try to have an impact because we know righteousness exalts a nation. We know that God will bring judgment when uh, immorality and wickedness and injustice are the hallmarks of the government. So we have an obligation and a duty to try to get involved, try to come with better outcomes. Sure, we won't bring perfection. Uh, doesn't matter if there was a red wave. It wouldn't have brought, again, the Messiah to earth in and of itself. But it would would have done some good, right, if we can reduce abortions, if we can strengthen the family unit, if we can support marriage. All these are great goods and worth fighting for. So, again, the Christian must be holistic. we got to pray and do spiritual warfare more than ever, but we need to get into political and social battles as well. Bill, there's one particular candidate who has become something of a champion of the anti-woke movement, and that is the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. And uh, there's appear to, appears to be an uneasy relationship between he and Donald Trump. Maybe they'll be rivals as presidential candidates in two years' time. But it does appear that the Trump factor hasn't delivered the landslide that the uh, that the Republicans had thought. And uh, so the DeSantis uh, rising star may well be in play here. Any thoughts around uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the the person of uh, Ron DeSantis and, uh, and even how Donald Trump uh, didn't seem to have the same impact as everyone thought he would? Yeah, well, I just posted on the social media on this very issue. Um couple of points. Obviously, uh, DeSantis did win handsomely, uh, massively in uh, Florida, and uh, the kind of things he's doing there, I mean, going way back to basically saying no to all the lockdowns and all the statism that so much of the rest of the country and the world uh, got into. I mean, people are flooding into Florida from New York, California, Colorado, all these lefty states, they're moving to Florida. This is the land of the free, the home of the brave. And on so many fronts, well, as DeSantis said in his victory speech, hey, woke came to Florida and it died here, right? He's having nothing to do with the woke agenda, whether it's the whole radical trans agenda, you name it. So he's doing some really good things. So the question is, can what he's doing there translate nationally? Uh, Well, first of all, we don't know yet if he will run for 2024 uh, presidential election. Uh, Probably in a few days, Trump will announce that he is. And as I said, uh, some conservatives have been a bit unhappy that Trump's been basically bad-mouthing DeSantis, uh, giving him a hard time. 
when many would think, hey, let's try to work together. We got two uh, strong conservatives here instead of fighting each other, or at least at this point, Trump fighting uh, DeSantis, maybe they should try to work together. So I said already, just hours after the midterms, uh, we have some guys hating on Trump, loving DeSantis, some hating on DeSantis, loving Trump, some hating both, and some loving both. So I said, no wonder a lot of Christians and conservatives tend to pull out of politics altogether. It gets pretty hot and heavy. Uh, Often there's more heat than light generated, and it can be a real worry. So as I've been saying all along, we need to pray for both of these guys. Pray for DeSantis, pray for Trump. They are the likely front runners for 2024. And they will need prayer. And, uh, and, well, God might have somebody else up his sleeve as well. But uh, prayer is better than fighting, and uh, humility is better than arrogance. So you've got Donald Trump, the master of the put-down, the master of the nickname, and uh, his nickname for Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSanctimonious. And uh, interestingly, though, he used those nicknames and those put-downs very effectively in his presidential campaign when he was uh, rising as the uh, the Republican star there. And uh, all of those who he had all sorts of spats with uh, became his closest allies after he was elected. So uh, that's an interesting strategy that he uses. Just to touch on, though, the Democrats' side and Joe Biden, uh, there's been a lot of negative sentiment, uh, people unhappy with Joe Biden. Uh, thoughts on where his future might be if he becomes, uh, like some will say, uh, the lame duck for the next two years. Do you think the Democrats will have any sort of plans for, is there a way they can move him aside? Uh, will the Republicans have all sorts of uh, challenges that they'll be have through investigative committees in the House of Representatives? Thoughts here for Joe Biden. Yeah, well, if the red wave had transpired, uh, certainly there's no question that the Democrat strategists would be really talking now about we got to get rid of Biden. He is just unsustainable. He's a, you know, well, he is a lame duck, a dead duck. He's not doing our cause any good. Uh, maybe we need to tone down. In fact, some of the Dems who did get elected or reelected were somewhat more moderate. But because the red wave didn't happen, well, uh, now I think uh, it'll be back to plan A. Uh, Biden will stay through for the next two years. He may even now think he can run again in 2024, which, you know, would have a lot of people shaking their heads. Uh, You know, he's obviously got some issues mentally and otherwise, whether uh, he's, you know, competent to be the leader of the free world right now, let alone for another six years. That's kind of a scare, scary thing to consider. So it looks like now with a kind of uh, humhole midterm results, at least in the eyes of the Democrats, they will probably now think, oh, we can keep going with our radical agenda. So that's why, as you say, it is still important if the Republicans can just manage to control the House of Reps. Well, at least there they can. Well, we've got all kinds of ongoing investigative committees and there'll be other ones. All those that the Dems have been running with, we can now stymie to some extent or slow down. So, yeah, things will change, certainly if the House is captured by the Republicans. But... uh, yeah, at this point, it looks like they'll keep Biden in, and uh, heaven forbid, he may run in two more years. So whoever 
the Republicans end up with. That could be quite interesting in just a few years' time. Well, Bill, always appreciate your insights. Let me point listeners to the articles you've been writing and uh, they can hear your American accent. They'll know that you live here in Australia. Melbourne is your hometown, but you do keep a close eye on those developments in US politics and your insights are valuable. Let me point listeners to BillMuhlenberg.com. Or you can Google Culture Watch, one word, and you can find those articles that are written by Bill. And what's special, unique, and important about those articles is that there is Christian commentary in there and not just what you're exposed to in other mainstream media. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.